Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder. Renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have an update on the blockade at the Coots Alberta border crossing. And we hear from the Mounties. We have an update on the Emerson Manitoba border blockade. World weather meteorologist Drew Lerner provides an update on the spring weather forecast for southern Saskatchewan. It should be interesting for seeding. We have the latest Sask wheat market outlook and more disappointing results in grain movement. The farm weather's in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. RCMP say the Coots border crossing is officially open again after it was blocked for days by protesters. Deputy Commissioner Curtis Zablocki says there was dangerous organized criminal activity taking place at the scene. And it could have been deadly for citizens, protesters, and officers. The Alberta RCMP has an extensive and established intelligence network that, combined with many of our other efforts, allowed our investigators to act swiftly. Thirteen people, both men and women, were arrested and are facing various charges, including four who've been charged with conspiracy to commit murder. RCMP had found a cache of weapons, ammunition, and body armor during the investigation. Protesters who say they didn't want to be associated with violence decided to leave not long after the arrests were made. Chief Superintendent Trevor DeRue says they worked closely with the Crown to make sure they had evidence to back up the charges. Some of the suspects have been released but have been told they can't contact each other or be within 200 metres of any protest. Some of the suspects arrested in connection with the Coots border blockade remain behind bars after being charged with conspiracy to commit murder. RCMP Chief Superintendent DeRue says Mounties were looking into how to return the protest to a lawful one when they became aware of a heavily armed group among the protesters. We took immediate action, arresting and charging a number of individuals. I can tell you that this threat was very serious and has resulted in the following charges related to this armed group. Four charges of conspiracy to commit murder. 14 charges of possession of a weapon for a dangerous purpose. One charge of uttering threats. 14 charges of mischief over $5,000. That's RCMP Chief Superintendent Trevor DeRue. Manitoba RCMP expect the protest blockade at the Canada-U.S. border crossing in Emerson to be cleared out at some point today. The blockade of trucks, semi-trailers, farm equipment and other vehicles has restricted access to the Canada-U.S. border crossing in Emerson, Manitoba since February 10th. RCMP had good dialogue with the group since the blockade began nearly six days ago, but Mounties were at the point where they had the option to make arrests and tow vehicles. 
back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. Patience will be key for growers in areas of western Canada with poor soil moisture and little to no winter snow cover. The spring will start off relatively dry, but there are signs of improvements from June onward. Drew Lerner is a well-known agricultural meteorologist with World Weather Inc. Lerner includes many factors in his long-term weather projections, such as the 18-year upper air wind flow cycle and surface water temperatures in the Pacific Ocean. The scientific name is Pacific Decodal Oscillation, or PDO for short. Negative phase of PDO will help to support storminess in the U.S. Pacific Northwest and into the prairies if everything goes just right. Now, the PDO has to work with other weather patterns, so we want to focus on that. If this is indeed going to be the case for us this year, we've got to keep the negative phase of PDO in place. The weaker the PDO gets over time, the more this might not materialize, and we could actually see our dry bias prevail longer. Currently, the Pacific Decodal Oscillation is in a favorable position. We're not only in negative PDO, but we're significantly negative PDO. The, the uh, value uh, back in December was as great as it was way back in the 1950s and early 1960s. That is extremely important because what was happening in the 50s in particular was that we were seeing a lot of rain in Canada's prairies and drought in the U.S., and we are possibly heading down the same road. The 18-year cycle is also favorable, but one variable is how long will La Nina continue? We're anxious to see what it decides. My guess is that it's going to change uh, this part of the forecast, and we're going to see the plot working its way up uh, into neutral ENSO conditions over time. But from now through the spring season, we should have a La Nina bias still with us. So far this winter, there's been above-average snowfall in the northern grain belt, but below normal in west-central, southwest, and some south-central regions. There's quite a bit of moisture in the snow across the northern fringes of Saskatchewan, and uh, also in that same corridor at Regina, off to the north, and uh, in that particular area, there's a lot of snow on the ground, a lot of potential for uh, uh, some runoff of sorts, and we will at least help to improve some of the dugouts that had dried up and uh, became non-functional in the past couple of years. So we'll have at least a little bit of moisture. But I don't want to lead you totally astray because it's been so dry so long that even when the runoff occurs, once that ground opens up, we're going to see a significant amount of absorption into the soil so that some of that runoff may not be uh, all that great. Learner starts off with the March, April, and May outlook. What this suggests is that our spring season is going to start off with some pretty serious moisture deficits in the soil. We're going to have that dryness in parts of southern and east central parts of Alberta and west central through central Saskatchewan into the southwest part of that province. Still a chronic concern. Now, yes, we're going to see a couple of snow events for sure, but the ground's frozen hard. And having snow on the ground in the month of March isn't going to change the bottom line. We have to thaw the ground and then bring precipitation in. So April, apparently we're going to have a ridge of high pressure around more. So we're going to see less precipitation, but it ought to warm up a little bit for us. 
that should help to thaw out the soil and set the stage for an opportunity to put moisture in the ground when we start seeing the precipitation coming on stronger. And May is apparently the month that will start breaking out of this pattern if we're going to follow these other 18-year cycle years. Lerner has compiled data from the previous 18-year cycles which match up with 2022. Let's look at the summer of uh, of these past years in the 18-year cycle and notice right off the bat that there is no dominating persistent dry weather and there's actually very little persistent wet weather that shows up as well. A good mix of weather is being suggested in the 18-year cycle data. So that again reinforces the thought that we're going to see alternating periods of rain and sunshine during the summer season based on 18-year cycle data only. These are learners' concluding remarks for most of the prairies. Uh, the bottom line, I think, is very encouraging for, for the prairies. I know it's going to be very stressful for us um, when we come into those first weeks of planting, especially if you're in central, east central and southern Alberta and uh, a big part of central or what, southwest or west central parts of Saskatchewan. Patience will be a virtue this year. Uh, timing is going to be everything. Drew Lerner is an agricultural meteorologist with World Weather, Inc. Coming up tomorrow, we'll look at the 2022 growing season weather for other regions of the world. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your Real Agriculture Update. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation, along with Real Agriculture, invite you to join us for a webinar on conservation easements on Thursday, March 3rd at 8 o'clock central. Find out more and register for the webinar at realagriculture.com slash SSGF. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. We're now talking to Mark Schillingford. He is the Director of Marketing at BSF Canada. Throughout the entire, well, it feels like the last two years, but you know, since fall, there's been a lot of focus on availability of, of products. As of late, we've been hearing some stuff out of the U.S. on where they are going to be with their supply of glufosinate to American growers. I, I wanted to chat with you about where we're at from a Canadian perspective how, how concerned should Canadian growers be about glufosinate supply here in, in Canada? Thanks for the question, Sean. And yeah, there, there are a lot of uh, conversations happening both north and south of the border. But I can say from, uh, from a Canadian perspective, based on the line of sight that we have with canola, our production facilities in, in Regina, um, we're, feeling, we're feeling confident that um, in our Liberty supply that we're producing and preparing to produce more Liberty than ever before. Our production plans are, uh, are tight, they're solid. We're planning to produce throughout the spring and, uh, and into early summer, as, as we always do. Um, and so um, supplies will be tight. There's no question about it. Uh, but uh, we're feeling confident based on the amount of supply that we're preparing to produce. Yeah. Now, my understanding is the Canadian facility, there's a production facility, manufacturing facility for Liberty in Regina, correct? Correct. Yeah. It just went, just underwent a big uh, upgrade the past two years as well. Uh, well, well timed. Um, so the the other the other part of that, Mark, is what have you done to 
make sure you have the supply of of the active um you know some of the ingredients because what we've heard uh, from some of our, our our US media colleagues is that Brazil a lot of fingers are pointed at Brazil like they have really really cornered uh, a lot of the active when it comes to glyphosate so what have you done to ensure that you have enough active to make all the liberty that you have planned sure it's a, it's a long term play we've got a lot of people that are that are hedging and looking out further, far into the into the marketplace to ensure we've got not only the active but the adjuvants, the plastics, the cardboards, the pallets, all these kinds of uh, production materials that we need. And given given the 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 need for us to ensure that we supply enough Liberty for the Liberty Link acres in Canada and our tight connection to Invigor, obviously, uh, it's it's. We, we're in a bit of a preferential situation from a BASF standpoint, given the obligation that we have to Canadian agriculture and Canadian growers based on the, the footprint of Invigor and Liberty in Canada. Well, you mentioned the attachment to Invigor. Uh, I remember a conversation, an interview that I did with Brent Collins, uh, one of your colleagues going back to last fall, talking about uh, we did a story on are there supply concerns when it comes to hybrid canola? We had some challenges. And when I say we, I mean the industry had some right. uh, production challenges last season in in one of the production areas of southern Alberta. Very hot during some of the flowering season. There is some. There was some disappointing yields for some companies. Um, and then obviously the supply chain crisis as it applies to trying to get seed from South America in the country season back into Western Canada. You have enough liberty. Do you have enough Invigor seed to, to meet some of the orders as well? We do. We do. We're very confident in the supply of Invigor seed that we have as well. Okay. How, how do you do that kind of forecasting? Like at this point in the year, like we're, we're here, what are we, the, the 10th of February, trying to get the date straight. We're here the 10th of February. Are the orders the orders or do you, like, how do you, how do you budget that? Is there a lot of walk up in the Invigor business or is that, are those orders kind of been made in uh, October, November and they, they kind of stay steady from that point forward? Orders actually started and, and seed selling starts back in August and goes through and until, the, until December. Uh, we've, we've got a very, thankfully, we've got a very experienced 25 plus year group of folks who, who have done this have been around this uh, for numerous years, as said. Um, and so they're, they're well, well versed, well positioned and understand how to, how to meter out, how to manage the, the walk-ups and on taps. So as said, we're very confident in our supply of, of Invigor too. And this has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, wind northwest 30, gusting to 50, becoming light this afternoon. The high today, minus 17. The low tonight, minus 28. Wind chill, minus 26 tonight, minus 37 overnight. Thursday, increasing cloudiness. Periods of snow beginning near noon. Wind southeast 30, gusting to 50. The high, minus 6 tomorrow. 60% chance of evening flurries and the low, minus 16. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 14. 40% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 20. 
Saturday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers, the high plus 4. Evening rain or snow flurries, the low minus 18. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 16, the low minus 27. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 19, the low minus 25. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 16. Normal high is minus 6, the normal low minus 18. The sun rose at 8.08. This morning it sets at 6.17 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek at minus 12. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, minus 34. Estevan is minus 19. Saskatoon, minus 23. Swift Current, minus 18. Weyburn, minus 21. And Yorkton, minus 23. Regina, sunny skies, beautiful, bright, sunny skies. Some drifting snow in the area. It's minus 22. That's 7 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 30, giving a wind chill right now of minus 35. Humidity 66%, the barometer rising 102.8. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, minus 19. Winds are from the northwest at 28. Once again, Regina, sunny, drifting snow. It's minus 22, that's 7 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The latest Sask Wheat market outlook says world wheat markets remain in a state of flux this week. U.S. wheat markets rose last week from 34 to 48 cents a bushel, depending on which market. Marlena Borsch with Mercantile Consulting provides the latest weekly update. Not much happened in the cash markets last week. Traded tonnages are down. In fact, we did not hear of any significant wheat trades during the week. U.S. weekly export sales were poor again at just 85,000 tons leaving the U.S. season total at 638 million bushel, down 25% on last year. To continue, here are some of last week's major news by major wheat origin, and we are starting with Canada per usual. In Canada, we had two major StatScan reports, uh, the D's exports by destination and stock numbers as of December 31, 21. StatScan reported that Canada exported 824,000 tons of wheat, excluding Durham, during the month of December. August these exports are now at 5.3 million tons, down 40% or 3.5 million tons from last year. Exports to all major destinations are down, with the largest decrease being China, which has just imported 24% or 1 million tons less than last year's volume. The StatScan stock numbers. Here the largest surprise in StatScan stock numbers was in wheat. Wheat stocks were put at 15.6 million tons, 1.7 million tons below expectations and 38% or 9.5 million tons less than last year. Wheat excluding Durham stocks were 13.5 million tons down 34% year on year compared to the trades expectation of 15.3 million tons. The StatScan stocks of just 15.5 million tons added support to Minneapolis wheat. 
The weekly shipping numbers by the CGC for week 27 were 240,000 tons for season, season total into week 27 of 6.1 million tons. That's down 43% of 4.5 million tons from last year. Moving on to Durham. According to StatScan, uh, December Durham exports uh, were 99.8 tons, so say 100,000 tons, for an August through these total of 1.2 million tons. That's just over half of last year's volume. Italy has been the top buyer, importing 27.5 million tons of uh, uh, 27,500 tons of Canadian Durham in December. Exports to all major import destinations are down from last year, with a notable exception of the US, which has imported more than two times of last year's volume. Stock numbers for Durham at 2.1 uh, million tons were right at expectations. That's 56% less than last year's stocks. Moving on to the United States. In their monthly report, USDA was forced to reduce US wheat exports by an additional 15 million bushel to 810 million bushel. Um, in the weekly export stats, as mentioned, sales were very small again at 85,000 tons. Total commitments are now at 637 million bushel, 25% behind last year's volumes. Wheat export volumes have been terrible both in the US and in Canada, which will only serve to increase North American ending stocks. On the other hand, record low global 21-22 stock use ratios and the need for more acres and near perfect weather to replenish world stocks will keep support on the wheat. And the Ukrainian situation, as we will see, is still a wild card as well. Bors says increased talks between Russia and China could be negative for North American wheat sales to China. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Grain elevator companies are describing rail support for grain exports as poor. The executive director of the Western Grain Elevators Association, Wade Sobkowicz, says the two major railways have delivered about half the grain hopper cars needed for exports in recent weeks. Rail service is poor for the grain sector right now. We have, uh, in the most recent week, CN was at 45% of demand and CP was 48% of demand. Uh, that's a little bit up from previous weeks, but still quite poor. And it's important to recognize that that's based on demand that is significantly lower than what we normally see during this period of time. So to give you an order of magnitude, the, the railway winter plans say they're going to deliver each in the neighborhood of 4,000-ish cars per week, and they've delivered a combined total of 1,600 cars. So that is just a very, very small fraction of, of, of what they indicated they would be providing in the winter period, and, and, it is, and it is based on demand that is much less than what we see in a normal year because we're dealing with a short crop and smaller sales programs, and we're still getting less than half of our demand fulfilled. So what happens with the grain companies? What, 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 what do your members have to do? Right now they're paying vessel demurrage. The vessel demurrage is at $35,000 per day per vessel. 
around. Very, very high. It's about double or, or even more than double what it was last year at this time. So there's a significant financial impact on them for uh, not getting uh, their orders filled and uh, they're paying contract ex- extension penalties as well. We came out of the, um, uh, you know, we had the BC flooding earlier uh, in the crop year, and and we expected service levels to go up uh, as the railways recovered from the BC flooding. But but that's not what we've seen. We've seen uh, service levels get worse or stay about the same from the BC flooding. Um, you know, there's been cold weather, there's been COVID-related issues, but fundamentally the problem is that the railways run so lean that they don't have the ability to recover uh, when uh, they don't have any resiliency uh, uh, capabilities built into their to their planning. So, um, you know, all we need is a minor disruption, or, or even if it's not so minor, but but uh, then then our uh, then our order fulfillment drops right off, and the grain companies are are, are paying big bills. Have they given any indication when they hope to make some improvements? Fifty percent of what you're asking for for hopper cars, to me, sounds quite low. It is quite low, and, and it's important to point out that that's the most recent week. Prior to that, it was much worse, particularly on CN. Uh, I mean, in Manitoba, CN provided zero cars this last week, and zero cars uh, two weeks before that, and zero cars the week before that. So zero cars in the whole province of Manitoba for grain, really? Like, what, what are they doing there? It's very hard to understand how, how they can operate that way. So, so what are we hoping? We're hoping the railways are going to put more resources into their operations and their service for grain in the short term. And, um, you know, they're probably waiting for the weather to warm up a bit. They're probably waiting for crews to come back after having been away with, uh, due to COVID-19 and, and other illness. But, uh, you know, we really need them to, on an ongoing basis, build more uh, resiliency into their, into their planning so that when, when they do end up when we do end up hitting uh, cold weather and 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 illness and and other uh, other disruptors in the in the supply chain, that they have a better ability to keep operating. You talked about thirty five thousand dollars a day demurrage for ships waiting at Vancouver. How many ships and how much per day is it costing grain companies in total? I don't have an aggregate number for you, but we have about nineteen ships waiting right now. Some of those are are paying demurrage. Some of them aren't. But for those that are paying, that's that's the rate on a per vessel basis. It ebbs and flows, but I, I don't have a, a calculated aggregate number for you. We're going through an exercise right now to compile that information. That's really it in, in a nutshell, Jim. Our service is poor, and and we're really hoping it's going to get better here in the next uh, in the next week or two. Wade Sobkwich is the executive director of the Western Grains Elevator Association. The market updates with Jim Smalley on the Source six twenty CKRM. Market update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola gained 670 at 924.32. Yellow peas fell 357 at 632.32. One red spring wheat went up 36 cents at 431.95. The rest were unchanged. Durham 551.16. Feed barley 377.37. Flax ten ninety four ninety two, lentils eight fifty nine eighty, oats five fifty one fifty three, and feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat fell one and three quarter cents at nine fifty one and a quarter cent a bushel.
It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Hello, this is Renee from Boy Livestock Auction. Here's the market report for the February 9th sale. Cows are up quite a bit. D1s, 2s. 82 to 89, D3s 50 to 70, canner cows 30 to 40, and slaughter bulls from 104 to 117. Now the market report for the pre-cert. 4 to 450 steers, 206 to 246, 5 to 550s 199 to 239, 550s is 6, 217 to 239, 6 to 650s, 215 to 232. 650 is 7, 204 to 212, 7 to 800s, 6 to 650, 184 to $2. 650 to 7, 180 to $2. 7 to 8, 172 to 180. This is Renee from Boy Livestock. Thank you for your patronage. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,000 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of 204 to $232 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,100 head, selling a range of 209 to $230 per CKG. Hams number with sows this week are up, selling in the range of 53 to 57 cents per pound live weight. Hams cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is down two basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2741. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 78.82 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed midweek, with the Western Corn Belt and National Reporting Regions up $4.22 and $1.92, respectively, while the cutout-adjusted base is down by $1.13 U.S. 100 weight. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Two Saskatchewan Northern Co-ops are expanding service to farm customers with the acquisition of Paragon Ag Service in Northeast Saskatchewan. Lake Country Co-op and Prairie North Co-op have reached an agreement to buy Paragon's three Saskatchewan retail agriculture sites and two anhydrous ammonia locations. The purchase will add dry fertilizer and anhydrous ammonia assets to the local co-op businesses. Terms will have Prairie Co-op acquire the Melfort and Brooksby sites and Lake Country acquiring the Canistino location and an anhydrous ammonia site near Gronlid, north of Highway 335. Paragon has provided crop protection services and fertilizer for over 20 years in the area. The transaction is expected to close this month. Prairie North Co-op has 18 locations and Lake Country Co-op serves 19 communities from 60 separate locations. On the markets, the TSX is down 134 points to 21,368. The Dow has fallen 214 points to 34,774. Oil is up 258 to 94.65 per barrel. 
The Canadian dollar has increased 22 one-hundredths of a cent at 78.84 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.